we're back. We're back. We're live. It's Sunday morning. Good morning. My name is Derek Calto. Across the computer screen from me, as always, is Michael DJ Shock Gomez. Welcome to Content Content. Happy Sunday morning, Mike. It's October. Yeah, well, it's almost it's almost not October. It's almost not October. That's a good point. I September went by in a flash. I guess it always does. September's a month that just feels like 48 hours. Now October's almost over. It's almost Thanksgiving, man. Are you worried about the holidays? Are you going to get together with the fam? Are you not going to get together with the fam? Uh, should you be worried? I don't know. <laughs> we're just going we're just gonna to wing it, man. I think that's all we can do at this we, point. We've you know? accepted an invitation, and uh, we're just going to wing it. Right. Now, Dr. Fauci what. says, you know, you shouldn't go see your grandma. But I'm like, you know what, Dr. Fauci? I'm going to go see my grandma. I'm, I'm I don't know what to tell you, boss. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what the heck to do anymore. You know, it's it's funny with with thir- what are we thirty episode thirty three, thirty three. We, you know, we're kind of a uh, not technically birthed in quarantine pandemic life. That's true. Uh, I don't want to hold that over any other podcast head, but we did technically yeah. start a few weeks before quarantine. Yeah, so we didn't know we're not what- a quarantine podcast. <laughs> we're not, and but man, we're thirty three weeks in. It's true. It's so true. we're like a good, you know, like you want to know how long we've been in this state? See how many episodes <laughs> we've done because it's it's basically practically week for week. It is kind of like an exact count of how many weeks we've been. <laughs> practically, right? I guess it's a few because of the three or four before the, the pandemic. That's right. But then, yeah, we kind of like adjusted for that. So, you know, we're right, we're right around there, which does make it seem like once this is once we get a vaccine, we'll just shut down the show. I guess <laughs> oh, we solved it. We achieved enlightenment. We got ultimate health. Uh, and now we don't have to do it anymore, I guess. Oh, that'll be a sad day. No, we'll have to keep going. No, we're going to keep going, man. We can't can't help ourselves. We actually were talking about that before we started. How, you know, we just, the the good thing about this project for both of us is that whether whether it's doing well or not doing well, (laughs) we're probably going to show up every Sunday. So we'll be here. And whenever you guys are ready, the water is always warm. Okay. We'll we'll be here. The conversation's always flowing. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. Well, speaking of which, Mike, uh, I want to jump in here a little bit um, because we talked at the end of last week. I asked you the very difficult and very sort of humorous question of, you know, do you think that an organization could emerge um, that would drive society in a more compassionate Mm. uh, direction? You know, given that most people. I I love your response to to my response. Well, you know, you said uh, you said no, um, and I said just lie to me, man, and tell me that there is okay, yeah. uh, because uh, I can't live in a world where it's such a, it's just no. You're like, come on, no. <laughs> but do you mind just at the top here, sort of reiterating why you think that and why 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 you felt so uh, you were very flip, but then you said, of course, well, this is why. Uh, you kind of feel that way that it's it's we're not all going to get on the same page that we're going to have this coming to Jesus moment where the entire world is like, oh, my God, we've been messing up. Let's not do it like that anymore. Yeah. Why is that not going to happen? I mean, you know, it it was also the timeliness of us talking about it since I'm working about I mean, I'm working on a really hard chapter that I think is going to end up being four chapters, probably. <laughs> I had no idea it was going to turn into that. Um, I guess I should have, but, uh, it's just the idea that, um, you know, these, you know, in, in the Alan Watts thinking of, you know, things aren't necessarily bad and good. And, and we kind of need the, the yin and yang. We need the opposites to push us forward. And we need those sort of actors, you know, those bad actors in society to push forward the good actors to make, to motivate us to want to do something good. Cause if, you know, if they weren't there, we wouldn't even want to. And it's sort of a necessary part from what I'm starting to kind of, you know, where I'm at right now in the, in the grand picture of everything, you know, my perspective is kind of like, um, we need it. And even if we kind of, 
you know, you look back and, you know, there's always people throughout history who think they've found this thing and, and it's going to just solve everything. And all it takes is, you know, a bad actor, a person who's just going to pop up and, and mess things up and, and, and take away the, uh, the genuineness of maybe who the person who started it, you know, which is, which is kind of what happens in a lot of the, the great religions, you know, you know, not, not all of them, I guess, but you know, in a good chunk of them, you know, there's this, this well-intentioned, very enlightened person. And they put forth these fantastic ideas that are just like, man, yeah, you know, but no one listens. (laughs) That's one of the things I've always been... Uh, An alarming trend in many religions. Yeah. One of the things that always fascinated me is like, we sort of give give this screen time or, you know, airtime, I should say, to like these wonderful uh, platitudes and just this, you know, these quotes and, and uh, you know, it's like, you know, and then everybody's like, yeah, amen. And then we just completely forget it. It's more like, <laughs> it seems more like entertainment. You know, yeah, right. Something you casually engage with <laughs> to think about this this wonderful concept, and yeah, you know, that's true. Oh, well, I should yeah. I should do that sometime. Yeah, that's that makes. And then you, it's like as soon as before you're done saying that, you're doing the opposite. <laughs> right, right. You know, well, like maybe Friday I'll do that. It's <laughs> humanity in us too, you know, and uh, and uh, I guess that, and then you know, I've been very much thinking about uh, mindfulness and learning about you know, mindfulness, because, you know, whenever you learn about something, there's all these misconceptions that you start unlearning, you know? True. And uh, that's what I've been doing. And, you know, a big part of it is just kind of like not thinking you're going to change everything. It's just changing how you respond and how you perceive what's happening instead of you trying to change what's happening. And uh, that's, you know... I guess that's why I responded like that, probably because of those two elements and where I'm kind of at right now. And that's that's the cool thing about these conversations that, you know, I you you could ask me that question and I could be in a different place. Uh, maybe a more hopeful kind of like <laughs> place where I'm not thinking about that stuff and settling into it. And I could have been right. like, yeah, definitely. You know I think we are actually. <laughs> I started, you know, I got to think. But that, yeah, I think that's a, the general recap of it. Yeah, well, the thing is, I, I do, I do happen to agree with you, Mike. That um, if we are, uh, if we believe that, well, by the end of next week we can get to utopia, we are pushing away the reality of the human existence, the earthly existence, that um, you know, suffering will will be part of it. But again, this is a very delicate point to try and make. Um, particularly at a time when our country is being torn apart, it seems, and everything's so different. Roop, what does he got to say? True. If the Soviet Union wasn't there, the U.S. would have never implemented Social Security, unemployment insurance, and other New Deal measures. Wow. That is a fantastic yeah, point at the top point. of the show. Um, wow. All right. That's exactly what I uh, kind of wanted to get into this week. Um, again, because the world is in such a difficult spot and we so clearly need to move to a place that's more compassionate where we kind of have a reckoning with ourselves and realize that we have so much more in common than we do uh different i remember the alan watts quote by the way it's distinction is not separation that well we all have individual characteristics that oh everybody's so unique and everything but that doesn't mean we're separate he talks about um you know the the brain and the lungs aren't really that similar necessarily but they are very much this uh, equal parts of one working body. And so obviously we need to move to a more compassionate spot. So it's so callous to say, well, no, that can't be done. And as you had mentioned last week, well, it's not a black and white kind of thinking. You're not saying, we're not saying, well, don't do it then. It's not worth it. But we're saying go into it with a mm-hmm. proper expectation or rather just a like fundamental understanding of how the world works, I would, which is that I would, you're not like awakened kind of. Yes. Yeah. The, the awakened point of view as Pima children would say, um, gosh, darn you Pima, you, you sweet lady, you, <laughs> Hey, good morning. Ivan. Ivan's here as well. Um, so it's not that you should just, well, look, there's going to be suffering in the world. There's nothing I can do about it. Cause there is a lot you can do about it. 
but don't be the, one of the things you said last week is so true. Um, one of the reasons to, to not think, well, I can create utopia. I'll do it myself is because when you kind of, when you meet resistance to that, as you inevitably will, um, you get discouraged and you're like, ah, well, you know what, then I won't do it. And in the end, this short burst of energy fizzles out before it can become a sustained effort, which might actually, and probably will change things for the better. So as far as you see it, um, so I just wanted to read a passage. Of course, we've been going real heavy on the Alan Watts, and uh, he's brilliant. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> if, you're, if you're sick of him at home, uh, you should read the book, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> there's more, too. There's more books. Yeah, there's, I, I've already ordered a couple more. I actually got another one this week, too, man, I meant to say. Because, um, yeah, he's a brilliant dude. It's a little bit longer of a passage, so I'll try and read it quickly. But I do think it is pertinent to this moment, especially when, again, so many people in our country and around the world feel like things need to change and that we need to fix a bunch of this wild stuff. <clears throat> um, so this is a passage from the book, Alan Watts. It is most important that this be understood by those concerned with civil rights, international peace, and the restraint of nuclear weapons. These are most undoubtedly causes to be backed with full vigor, but never in a spirit which fails to honor the opposition or which uh, regards it as entirely evil or insane. It is not without reason that the formal rules of boxing, judo, fencing, and even dueling require that the combatants salute each other before the engagement. In any foreseeable future, there are going to be thousands and thousands of people who detest and abominate African-Americans, communists, Russians, Chinese, Jews, Catholics, beatniks, homosexuals, and dope fiends. These hatreds are not going to be healed, but only inflamed by insulting those who feel them. And the abusive labels with which we plaster them, squares, fascists, rightists, know-nothings, may well become the proud badges and symbols around which they will rally and consolidate themselves. There's Alan Watts predicting the Proud Boys, by the way. Yep. Nor will it do to confront the opposition in public with uh, police and nonviolent sit-ins and demonstrations while boosting our own collective ego by insulting them in private. If we want justice for minorities and cooled wars with our natural enemies, whether human or non-human, we must first come to terms with the minority and the enemy in ourselves and in our own hearts. For the rascal is there as much as anywhere in the external world. Inside out. That's exactly it, man. And the idea that if you don't have peace within yourself, I, I mean, this sounds very uh, hokey, if, but if you don't have solidarity and peace within yourself, you cannot bring solidarity and peace out into the world. Yep. And uh, again, um, it, that sounds kind of new agey and it's like, yeah. well, how do I do that or whatever? Well, that's the thing. You know, that's you know, it's funny you said that because it it makes me by the way think, you know, like so a lot of people might hear that and say, Well, how do I do that? <laughs> right. Like you read my mind. You know, <laughs> well, how do I do that? And right. I I mean I just would like to add, you know, you do it intentionally. You do it on purpose. You do it, it's really hard and you know, stay out of that news cycle. Read, read some books, read, read some pe people from other times, you know, because um, one, one of the things I, I like about, you know, looking at things like like what people like Watts is that it was a complete different time. He but he's but it's so relatable. He talks about newspapers, maybe or, you know, or even that the new book I bought, you know, uh, what was the one that you recommended? I can't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, in search of the miraculous. Yeah, because he even goes at newspapers, and so it's it's kind of like just to, you know, get outside of of this limited point of view. If you're trapped in this time and space, if you're trapped in these this news cycle, and if you're trapped in this thing, you know what I mean. And you gotta pull pull away. You gotta look a little bit around, and I, I think. You know, through through meditating, through prayer, through studying, looking at different things, through being excited about learning, it really does help. You know, because I know I just wanted to say that I didn't want to interrupt you, but it's just I feel like a lot of people are going to say, well, "Yeah, okay, fine," but how do I do that? True. And it really you can. I mean, I'm not saying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I don't run around. You know, like oh, I'm perfect. Hell no. It's it's almost like as as that increases the opposition increases. 
<laughs> exactly, which is kind of the game. That's kind of what Watts yeah. is mentioning there. Yeah. That the more effort you put in, uh, for better or worse, the more resistance you will meet. So true. But that that's okay. That that shouldn't discourage you necessarily. And yeah, to 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 the question like, okay, well, how do I do that then? How do I become more still within myself? Um, there's no answer that applies to everyone. And if there were the closest I could personally come to that is well, you got to listen to yourself, man. Um, and if you feel motivated uh, to do X, Y, and Z, go for it. And don't be discouraged um, if you are met with resistance, given that, like you had said last week too, Alan Watts uh, brings into, and with that passage as well, he's trying to say, this is a game. This is why we like games, because it is a, a simulacrum of existence where it's being on a roller coaster it's like uh there are quiet parts and really still parts and then wild and crazy parts where you're screaming your head off and everything's and then at the end you're like Whew, okay cool yeah um maybe that's what life is now the stakes seem so much higher because we could die or we could cause a wildfire but still life is so fleeting and silly and small and uh, uh unlikely that it is a sort of game and it reminds me of our, we always bring this up, but the painting, you know, in one of our early episodes. I know, Greg the painter. It's one of our best metaphors. <laughs> yeah, it really is because what you're describing, in my opinion, is, you know, you go and you do something that people may not necessarily think you should be doing because you're, you're who, who they think you are isn't that. And that's going to bring opposition. It's also going to challenge them too if you're, if you're thinking in a different way, um, you know, they could even think that you, you think you're, you know, this know-it-all now or a billion things, or you could be making them look at something that they don't want to look at in themselves, blah, 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 just on and on. And even that'll cause opposition, you know? And it's like, and, and I like what you, the way you're putting it out there because it does avoid disillusionment because if you're, a, you have this awareness then it's like, okay, this is normal. It's not something to beat yourself up about. And I, I, I just like that honest, you know, look at stuff lately. I just keep thinking about that. I think about that a lot. And it, even that's like the Buddhist first realization that, all, you know, all life involves suffering. Um, that's a pretty realistic view of what it's like to be a human on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, again, his principle there is if you constantly deny that and think we can get to utopia by next Thursday, um, you will meet way more suffering than you would if you say to yourself, all right, look, I'm going to do what I can in my circle. Take one step forward every day. I think about this thing all the time when we did our quarantine confessions episode where my friend Harrison said, um, who is a therapist and you know, he's always telling his patients, just get one win today. Just yeah. get one. And especially when it seems like everything in the world is on fire and the environment and the president and the election like, and the climate change and the world wars, <laughs> like it's so overwhelming that I, I personally feel like I've got to do everything I possibly can. Um, but if you, but having sometimes, again, this is another thing we talk about, like the microscope of how you look at things. Um, sometimes you need to be really up close and involved in the moment to moment. Sometimes you need to pull back and see things from a 10,000 foot view. Yeah. And your life is a lot of knowing how to throttle that microscope. Uh, cool. What's Rube saying here? Meditate. Try to sit with yourself without running away. It's hard, especially when there is all these entertainments to help you get away from reality. That's a great point. That is a very good point. Um, because, yeah, that might be another quip that a, a person could have, myself included. Well, how do I figure out what the hell I want? Because I'm working 40 hours a week and I'm trying to make ends meet. And, I, you know, I just want to come home and watch some TV um, so that, you know, I'm not so unhappy all the time. You know, uh, uh, to talk about that a little, um, in the book Flow, uh, which uh, I kind of stopped halfway because I got so excited about all this other stuff I'm reading. Um, 
You but, you just flowed into a different direction. I sure the, did. the flow didn't stop. <laughs> it just got no, it 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 redirected so much that I I let it I left it alone. Uh, <laughs> so no, but he says something about that about that exactly what you're talking about about the the idea, and it's sort of a you know as as Ivan would say it's a myth, the idea that by coming home and just letting go of all thinking, and and just putting on some entertainment whatever and not not doing anything that engages you actually has the opposite effect it doesn't make you feel better it doesn't uh give you that the the rest you're looking for it actually doesn't give it to you so what he was saying is that um when when you kind of like do this relaxing this ultimate relaxing that we're like sort of conditioned to do right laying out on the couch and stuff yeah it's it's the opposite of what you should do. He says you should engage in something. You should think about something. You should read something. You should play a game. Uh, do something that's going to have your mind active because that is going to give you the effect. You know, well, good morning, Roman. What's up? Oh, okay. We have the prince watching us. Very nice. <laughs> tell him to say good morning. <laughs> and tell him don't throw his breakfast on the floor. <laughs> Unless he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's something to think about too right i mean we 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 have this kind of like that programming right that absolutely that i deserve and it also is is sort of a a sense of entitlement like i worked hard i deserve to but you're not helping yourself necessarily you really aren't right right and uh, that's another kind of delicate point because um people do need to be more compassionate um to themselves um, which is again what Watts is kind of addressing there. <clears throat> you know, you need to be compassionate to yourself before you can bring compassion out into the world. Um, but like, uh, oh, now I'm seeing that Roop wrote mediate. Either, <laughs> either he, uh, I read it as meditate. Now maybe he, he, he maybe. Meditate. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Roop, you can you can comment and clarify. <laughs> I just had a, a, a moment of silence where I was reading. Oh shit! Maybe he meant mediate. Uh, mediation is is also important as well if you're uh, in a dispute. <laughs> so you can but, be in a dispute uh, with yourself. Which, that's right. Mediate via meditation. Me, you know? yeah, yes, this is good. No, this is bad. No, you're you're a great guy. No, you're awful. <laughs> just, I, I constantly mediate between myself or as it is but that's true yeah maybe i don't know but that's part of meditating so i'm, I'm like okay <laughs> okay shut up you shut up too <laughs> everybody be quiet everybody in here. Be quiet for a second here we can and, and after. <laughs> <laughs> let me say this and this is uh, again as with so many things in the show i'm saying this so that i will hopefully do it um with meditation it's like it's 10 minutes man it's, yeah. it's 10 minutes. And if you don't have 10 minutes to yourself, um, you got to rearrange that schedule, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're booking yourself too tight. I, I would even dare say it's it's better to just listen. You know my experience. I don't know if I shared it on air, but, uh, you know, I think 10 minutes is better than an hour. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because you nice. went in, you went in hard on yeah, a meditation yeah. session. And, man, and saw some stuff you weren't, you couldn't unsee. Yeah, no, because it's it's. I think it's better to do ten minutes. More, it's more balanced in the in the in the in the life that we're living. You know, if you because if you do the if you do an hour, um, and like after that hour, you get to you really dig in. You know, you you really get this peace. You really like. You really just like that time. I was in nature. I was I was alone in in basically in the forest and literally sitting on the floor on the dirt like it was just fantastic. Oh, that's spiritual as hell, man. I love and when that. I left, and everything hit me, it was horrible. Yeah. So I'm gonna just say, don't beat yourself up for oh, I didn't do it an hour because you don't want to <laughs> do an hour. Trust no, 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 no. Because the, the come the come down is it's like it's like getting very high. Yeah. And the dip sucks. It's like oh, everything's off. Ten minutes. I, now I delicately I I I put on this. I have a person who kind of got you know a video of someone just kind of guiding me through. That's that's very helpful. So I don't so I don't get too crazy. It's a routine. It brings me like to like 
focus on, you know, certain things I want to focus on. Yes. And then I just put it away. (laughs) (laughs) Put it away. I'm not getting any more because it's scary. It's it's (laughs) hard. And I don't want I don't want to. Unless I was to go away. Now I understand why they do retreats. Mm, Yeah. Doing that. And then you coming back. We got problems. And I don't (laughs) want to even think about what you got to deal with when you come off a retreat. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right. It's like, uh, and then you got to jump back into reality. You're re-entering the atmosphere. Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. You know, and it even made me change my, my thoughts about, you know, I thought all these, these, these monks who, you know, go away and hide from everyone and just stay there. And, and I used to think they were like, uh, kind of giving a lot up and now i'm kind of like you know what you guys are cheating <laughs> yeah, i don't have the same off of them anymore you know i i stepped in i just dipped my toe in their realm lightly mm. and I was like, this, this is pretty damn cool and the fact that you ran away from everyone to keep getting this natural high it's like i'm not really i don't have that same kind of like awe of you anymore i'm just like <laughs> you took the easy way out bro <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do that, but I can't. I yeah, a whole lot of people would like to live up in the mountains, yeah, uh, just, you know, living an ascetic yeah. lifestyle. Get fed, you know, get free haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> you work at one of those monasteries where they make wine all day. I mean, oh, come God, on. Better. <laughs> Kicking back, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it honestly probably does say something that, um, our brains between the media and the jobs and being overworked, underslept, um, our brains are so scrambled. And again, as uh, so um, unprecedented in terms of any measure of human history where we're at now, that spending an hour alone inside your own head is a scary place to be. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, um, uh, Jack Cornfield always quotes, I think it's an Annie Lamott, uh, poem where she says, yeah. uh, my mind is like a dark alleyway. I don't like to go there alone at night by myself. <laughs> That's a good one. I love that one. I started, I started checking him out too. He's pretty, he's got some good stuff. Yeah. Jack Hornfield. Uh, he said a story. Did I tell you, did I tell you the one I watched where it was like, uh, it's kind of off topic. Do it, man. I, cause I love Jack. Yeah. Highly recommended for any, any he had a story message. about like, uh, he, he, I guess wherever he went to like, get his schooling on you know whatever zen or buddha whatever he was doing at that moment mm-hmm. uh he was at some school for years uh you know i think it was in india and um there was an american woman and she was very devout and you know everyone you know was really thought she was great and uh very dedicated and you know just whatever and, and on this road to awakening and uh she left and she didn't say a word to anybody she just disappeared, and then all of a sudden popped up uh, maybe a year later or two two years later, and she went around and she she uh, was like an evangelical. She came back. She found yeah she found Jesus and she had that very strict, uh, you know like uh, if I, if if I don't save you you're going to hell kind of energy. Ah uh, uh, yes. So she was going around for for a long time, you know, just telling everybody you got it. You know, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You're, you know, just giving him that 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 whole thing. Mm. And and he got kind of frustrated, he said. And he <laughs> said he went to the 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 teacher. And he was like, Look, it was cool. You know, we're all kind of feeling a little stressed out here because she's she she's very persistent. Like she's not leaving us alone and and she's constantly doing she he explained it. And then, you know, their teacher just kind of stopped and said, well, what if she's right? And it just took the air out of everything he said. And he, he kind of reminded the teacher reminded him and, and and anyone who hears the story that we do have to make room. You know, and actually it's not off topic. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of it's damn on topic. It is on topic <laughs> because you were make you have to make room for those others. Who, who may, may or not may not be with. wrong. Yeah. And you, you do have to leave space that they may be right. 
Yeah. You got to like it. That's a that's a inner work right there. You know, have to, you have to be like, you know, especially, you know, you may have been where they are. That's another thing to have compassion to help you. That's what I help helps me with different things, too. You know, like I might have been where somewhere someone is right now at a different time, you know, whatever, whatever you can pull in to just kind of like, OK, this person's not an idiot. Let me just, you know feel them out and, you know, have a conversation, you know, revelation through conversation, you know, and, and, and that's something too, you know, to, to think about in these, this polarized time, you know, I think that's important. I've been really, you know, I had like, you know, even, even if you get into a Facebook back and forth comment thing, you know, about, about an issue, like the other day I did, you know, because, uh, someone sparked my theological, uh, you know, stuff, (laughs) Uh-huh. And I was like, well, this, this, this. And we went back and forth and I learned something, you know, even though that I, that person didn't have the same spirit I did, as I think, as far as really just trying to, like, learn about it. And, mm. and like, wait a second, because that's the kind of conversation that was, I, I was coming from an angle like, wait, if that's true, where's your source? You know, I'm very interesting development because I'm starting to look at that stuff differently now, like not so much like what's right or what's wrong. And I think that's something to apply to life, you know, not so much what's right and what's wrong, but wow, how did you come to that conclusion? You know, like let's even, even, I mean, even to the point of a very fringe group that's got these extreme beliefs instead of if you're one-on-one, I mean, obviously not to endorse it, you know, if it's, if it's immoral, but to like, if you're in one-on-one with somebody in a conversation, you know, how about that question? You know, cause that's Wow how did you come to that conclusion? What influenced you? And then they can say, and then you can maybe talk about it and you may not agree with the person, but it may even give you some places to reach them. You know, cause if they say, you know, then this happened and then I learned about this and then, and what if you, what if you know something about, well, you, did you know that the reason that happened was because it was a response to this and that person really didn't think that. And that might, that might shatter the paradigm a little like, wait a second, I'm so die hard for this. And that's not even, you know, because that's kind of what happened, how what made me become uh, like, for example, I, I'm a former fundamentalist, you know, uh, so what made me pull back from that was learning and someone may be challenging something and someone saying something and me being like, really, is that true? Because if that's true, then this can't be true. And then. It went from being a literalist to a to you know a biblicist is another term people use to uh, not you know mm-hmm. to completely a uh, different interpretation and reading of the the sacred text which even opened me up to more and I think that's super important you know to to have these conversations not so much to be right or to win you know the it, it, we can't help it with this. It's the you know, my my pet peeve: splitting thinking, man. Splitting yes, thinking is such. A- and <laughs> as as certain as we may be about whatever conviction that we have, uh, it is incredibly important to leave that little bit of space that you're talking about, even if it's something one of your own beliefs or a belief that someone else may have, um, because even if you're pretty sure you're right about the thing proselytizing and screaming at somebody and thinking, why don't they understand it? You're such a fool. Will only harden their belief. They, it will, it will drive them to, and, uh, they yeah. won't listen to you at all. And back to Watts. That's pretty much what he, he was saying. That's the passage. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and even actually that's what Roop was saying up top that, wow, you know, the, the U S as difficult and scary as the cold war was, um, both the U S and the Soviet union, certain, individuals or, or organizations within those countries benefited tremendously from those things yeah. and would in fact, and some people are probably very thankful for the cold war, um, <laughs> private military contractors, namely, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, you know, that's, that's what Watts is mentioning is, and it's another thing he mentions a little bit later in the book is, you know, a judge a person who's a judge should be very thankful for criminals because you are only a judge in contrast with a criminal 
if there were no criminals, nobody committed any crimes, you're out of a job, bud. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and 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 of course, you know, so many people and right and you know, rightfully so, define themselves by their work or take pride in their work. So, if there aren't criminals coming in every day, who are you? You're just a useless person. You yeah. got nothing to say and no opinion that matters. Well, something that just just popped in my head, uh, which is what I love about us talking. Is that that's this is the revelation to conversation is that I think that the 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 power that we have to imagine, you know, so I, like the John Lennon, you know, imagine all the people is kind of what gets in the way. I never thought of that, like, because we have this power to actually imagine peace, complete peace, complete love complete compassion everyone just getting along imagine no religion imagine no this imagine like we have the power to imagine that yeah, which is we, sort of what gets in the way <laughs> of us actually being in this kind of mud you know and and, and balancing it out i mean that's just something that popped in my head and I, I never looked well at it like i'll that. say this man and that that might be because obviously you know it's a good thing that we can imagine a more peaceful world because then we could hopefully work towards that yeah exactly. however um because we're so results oriented driven by getting to a place it's not the mm -hmm. journey it's just the destination that yeah, that can be dangerous and uh, discouraging because it's like, well, I can yeah. imagine everything being amazing. I can imagine it in my head. I see it every day. So why can't it be like that? That would um, be really good. That that it, it, to that. If we were, if we had a, a, a cultural uh, level of understanding or a cultural education about how to live presently, we might be able to more honestly uh, reckon with how do we imagine a more peaceful world yeah. and how do we attain it yeah um you connected it to destination addiction <laughs> yeah there you it's go man oh so great and yeah because it's true because you imagine this thing and because everything else is chasing a carrot right we get once we get here then we'll be happy okay we're here oh once we get over there we'll be happy and of course we never happens but mm -hmm. i think it's that thing you're right it, it kind of is, yeah. That thing inside our head, so we have this destination in our head of this peace. Even the idea of this heaven, this perfect heaven, this this peace, and everything's ah oh, perfect. We have this destination in mind, and we want to make it happen on Earth, which is a super religious idea. You know, many that many uh um, religious founders of their religions set out on a journey they even move to, to their own sites they go away from the world they try it's been tried and tried again you know so like uh i think it's fascinating yeah it's the desk the, that's the destination you know and mm. then, and it even it even gets complex because e even even the heaven hell and and uh i think uncle joe's dare i say satan gets in the way on the path to god what do you think about that mike Ooh. That's provocative. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it could go two ways. He, he, We could look at it like he's getting in the way or the kind of like what we talked about on the show where he's doing a job for for God, like in Job, you know, where he comes and he asks for permission. And uh, I tend to lean more on that because I feel like, um, although it does seem that way, of course, you know, he's getting in the way with, we're trying to get to God, which would be this ideal peace, right? Mm. But and this is something I wanted to mention too. Be, uh, thank you, uh, Joe, because it brought it back to mind. Where the the basically the disillusionment that, in a sense, this episode is trying to talk about avoiding, because we want to be more balanced. We don't want to give up. Here's the flip side: that disillusionment is what sends you on the journey. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> so here's the flip side. It's like, so you want to, me, me being set on the journey, in my opinion, already, I just want to keep going. So I think that the, the first disillusionment is what wakes you up. Like that big disillusionment, like for me, was sort of when I was uh, 20, I don't know, 
20, 26, 27. That was my first big disillusionment, you know. And, and at that moment, I started this journey that I'm on now. So, it, and it was followed by other disillusionments. The next one, you know, one was uh, the American dream. Then came the disillusionment with religion. And, uh, and I'm probably going to have other ones, right? But those are necessary. But not being overcome and, and drained by the disillusion and, and to keep going and accept it is kind of like this balance I think we need to strike. And I'm glad that that, you know, that comment dr triggered that because everyone's on a different place. And I think it's important for us in the show to try to, you know, like as much as we can, it's hard because I'm, I'm here. I'm looking at, I'm looking here. Remember my stupid eyebrow thing. <laughs> I'm looking here, you know, <laughs> looking here, Derek looking here. Right. So, so it's like, yeah, we're always going to be looking, but let's not forget that another time we were looking somewhere else. And that's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. And, and that to help the person who's in a different place at the moment, you know, who's maybe didn't get disillusioned yet. Maybe they're starting to, they're just awakening, or maybe they've been disillusioned so many times that they're like, oh, I'm so sick of this, you know, and that's, that's a, the message I think that's valuable today to don't be sick of it. Don't be upset about it. Realize it's, it's a part of it. And then realize you don't want to like mess yourself up and be, be kind to yourself and be kind to the, the process and understand that it has to be there. You know, it's like, uh, it's just a bunch of stuff. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I would say about that comment, too, is like um, Satan is on the path. And that's that's the recognition. That's that's Buddha's. Uh, there is always suffering. Um, thinking that Satan won't be on the path is how Satan gets you because <laughs> he sneaks up behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not there. Um, he's on the path, man. But <laughs> the path isn't going anywhere. Um, so you can find your each individual way to maneuver that as best you can. And I say this all the time because I really do love it. And it's kind of a difficult teaching to ingest, but that suffering is grace. You know, even better than myself, Mike, that the difficulties in life are the very things that shape you into who you ultimately become. And, uh, you know, we always have a striving, a sort of idealized version of ourselves and what we would like to be. Um, you know, I always say the Beatles just wanted to be the Everly brothers. Um, which a lot of people would say, well, who the hell is the Everly Brothers? <laughs> but like, at like them, who? when they were coming up, they were like, that's the coolest thing we could possibly be. And they mess it up. They weren't exactly like the Everly Brothers. But what they became, you know, is was, was pretty good too. Um, Conan O'Brien just wanted to be Johnny Carson. He's not Johnny Carson. Uh, it, it didn't work out. Um, but he's Conan. People love him. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so... In, in meeting suffering along the path. Um, and it's difficult. It's, it's very easy for us to say uh, in an abstract manner here, Mike, well, when you meet suffering, you know, you got to push through it. And then somebody say, yeah, well, guess what? My uncle died and that yeah. sucks. My grandmother passed away and it was horrible. Um, and to that, I would say, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, it, I think that, that I'm so glad you said that because I've been thinking about something and it, not to cut you, but no, go ahead. It, it's like it's super important to balance that too, and I'm glad you're touching on it because it's not it's not just you know getting pima on them all the time. Sometimes you got to just hurt. <laughs> Sorry, that's I got to throw Uncle Joe up. No, Joe, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> when I said Uncle, I was like, oh, Joe's gonna be upset by that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe wants to live, man. <laughs> He's very much alive. He's so alive. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, it's not always the Pima way, you know? It's not always, you know, uh, grab it, you know, invite them in. Sometimes you got to just hurt, bro be broken, you know? And it's I'm so glad you said that because it's something I, I thought about too because I've been so focused on the Pima side of things that, I forgot that sometimes you just got to be broken. Like you got to be disillusioned. You got to get wrecked. You got to be at zero. It happens. It's, it's a part, it's a part of the process. You know, the leaves fall. Yes. They got to fall sometimes, you know, right. you got to be broken sometimes. 
And to somebody in that spot, whatever they, however life has put them there, I would uh, like to bring up again the Buddha's two arrows, which is the first arrow is circumstance. Life is 10,000 joys, 10,000 sorrows. Things are going to happen that are going to be difficult because we're on planet Earth. That's a blade of grass experience the same way. But the second arrow would be the suffering that you do to yourself where you think this is my fault. I could have stopped this. I, if I wasn't so very well, that whip, <laughs> the whip, I, I'll never get rid of it, Mike. Okay. <laughs> I'm not getting rid of mine, <laughs> but, um, you know, if I was different, oh, this is all my, I'll never feel this way. If I could only just that stuff is look, man, uh, again, life is 10,000 toys and 10,000 10, sorrows. Um, these things occur. It's about how we react and reckon with them. And it's not to quote one of your favorite movies, Mike. It's not your fault. Okay. <laughs> yep. It's not your fault. It's Don't not your mess fault. With me. <laughs> not you, man. <laughs> not your fault. Not your fault, boy. But yes, I think of it all the time. And it is a helpful when things are, when life is being annoying or, or you know, difficult or depressing. Um, Suffering is grace. Uh, that it is. these but difficult that, that you can't have you can't have mountains without valleys. Um, again, I like to look at nature for all the answers in the world because I think they're out there. And that and again, this even ties in with the idea of trying to reach utopia and our point up top that you can't have left without right. You can't have tasty food without being hungry. Um, this is the earthly game that we engage in, and. Being completely certain and not allowing any space for any, it's like, um, you know, the, when uh, we've mentioned this before too, but like when Buddha became enlightened, he had this moment where it's like galaxy brain. I get it all. Everything makes perfect sense. He then didn't just like sit under the Bodhi tree with light pouring out of his head and like not, he never experienced anything ever again that uh, according to the ancient texts, if an individual would become quote unquote enlightened, you still experience the pleasures and pains of life. It's not like your every moment is like ecstatic, um, <laughs> unbelievable. It's that you're not attached. You, you, you've not gotten rid of that first Buddha's arrow because you're on mm -hmm. planet earth and it's the way it is, but you've gotten rid of the second one. You've like, You've gotten rid of the whip. It's basically what the Buddha did. <laughs> he threw his whip away, man. Which yeah, I think he's a whip, fool for that. You know, I would never do that. The but. whip is the is is the bomb thing to get to get rid of. Um, <laughs> it really is. And actually, you know what? Uh, something I wrote down after I I, I did me, uh, meditate a little this morning, and I've been thinking, and it goes right with what you're saying. I wasn't going to mention it, but then when you said that, I was like, yeah, this goes perfectly. Um, it's about the two wolves. You know that that story. Where, uh, in case anyone's never heard it, uh, it's basically a young girl asks her her grandmother, you know, grandma, how did you know she's her grandma's super awesome, lives life to the fullest. It's like, how do you do it? You know, how did you how did you do it? You know, and she says, well, I realized that inside me I have two wolves. One is love, and one is hate. Whichever one I feed becomes stronger. Mm -hmm. And this ties in with, with mindfulness crazily because what you practice becomes stronger. And the reason I think this ties in is, is like I, I looked at two sides of it this morning. Like mindfulness isn't about changing. This is a quote. I don't remember the person's name, but mindfulness isn't about changing our experience. It's about relating to it differently. And I think that's, very connected to what we're we're getting at yes versus then this is my little input you know just to help me understand it trying to control uncontrollable which was is going to lead to frustration and anger right but if you do the other thing which is like mindfulness isn't about changing our experience it's about relating to it differently that's going to bring about kindness and curiosity you know, because if you're looking at things that way, those are natural fruits of that. But if you're looking at trying to control the uncontrollable, trying to do this, trying to do that all the time, 
you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get angry. And that's feeding the hate wolf versus the love wolf. Mm. And what you practice becomes stronger. And I think that's, I like to mention that also because wolf one is the childlike excitement that Jesus is talking about. Become like children. Mm-hmm. You know, wolf one being love, you know. And and wolf two is everything we should be trying our best to not encourage. Yeah. You know, but it's going to be there. They're both there. And it's, it right. goes back you, to what you, you said. You can, you're not going to kill the hate wolf. No, yeah. the hate the hate wolf is always going to be there. He, <laughs> but you can weaken him, you know. And I think yes. that's a... Morning, Miguel. Hey, what's up, Miguel? So I think that's key, you know, and I, I wanted to throw that out there because I I like that we're trying to give some, like, help. <laughs> we're not just here, you know, this is a great episode, I think, because we've constantly come with at least an idea that might help you. Know. <laughs> it, it may not. It's probably... We don't know that this is going to help you. Uh, individual we, results may vary. Yeah, we know we don't know, but we're just, you know, we're, we're just experimenting. You know, we're, we're like, you know, a couple Precisely. guys in the laboratory of the mind. And, <laughs> we got and the spirit. Bunsen burners out this morning. Yeah, we're just yeah. like, you know, and this, when, when I added this, it helped a little. That's all we're doing. Exactly. And again, to, to the person, and again, largely speaking to myself, that says, well, look, man, I would love to love myself more, but uh, I don't. And, and I don't have the time to even consider it, to be honest. Um, again, back to Harrison's thing, one win. In order to walk along a road, yeah. you don't take steps that are 50 feet long. You're not leaping through the air, though yeah. sometimes you will, and those moments are worth capturing and remembering, certainly. But they are atypical with regard to how we normally walk along the path, one tiny little baby step at a time. And especially if you consider you're just starting out, think about how a baby walks versus how... Uh, Usain Bolt walks. Um, you know, it's just teeny tiny little things and you fall over and, and somebody stands you back up. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, if, if you can just take a little tiny step forward, that's a win. That's, that's, that's right where you want to be. If you can just take a little couple Ritz crackers and feed the love wolf and just give him a little, little something and maybe just tell that hate wolf to sit to the side for yeah. a little bit and you did that today, that's a huge progress. Again, something George Gurdjieff uh, talks about too is most of spiritual practice is just learning to observe yourself. So if you can kind of get some sense of what your habitual thought patterns yeah. are, just a little, what are the yeah, what are the that. things that drag you toward mm-hmm. feeding the hate wolf, and saying, oh, okay, maybe I kind of do this yeah. thing. Maybe I'll just back off this a little bit. Um, as with anything in life, like I always think about playing guitar because it's something I've spent a lot of time doing. If you can learn a G chord on the first day, that's enormous. Everybody wants to be Eddie Van Halen. May he rest in peace. Everybody wants to be Eddie Van Halen in the first week because it's like, dude, that's what guitar players are. I want to shred. I want to go crazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that, man. And that is a universal principle which applies to everything in life. And if you can, if you can just learn that G chord today and then tomorrow learn the C chord. And then yeah. by the end of the week, you got G, C, D, A minor. Now you're way better off than you were two weeks ago. Yeah. But you had a sort of realistic view of how to move forward along that path. And then eventually, as that snowball rolls down the hill, you will have moments where you take an enormous leap forward. Um but you cannot get to those points if you don't start a little teeny tiny bit today. Yeah, and I'd like to uh, wrap that thought up with uh, one of my favorite Martin Luther King quotes, uh, and I'll probably butcher it, but this is the general idea, is uh, take the first step even though you can't see the rest of the staircase. That's so funny you say that, man, because I think there's a George Gurdjieff quote who's like jump, leap and the bridge will appear or something like that. Maybe it's not him. That's nice. But it's the same, you know. same kind of thing. There's also uh, an old British lady tell me one time, cast out your biscuit and it'll come back buttered. <laughs> it's just the most <laughs> British. <laughs> it's the most British aphorism in uh, the history of time. Well, um, <laughs> I had, I had a, a British lady say something to me and my friends when we were goofing off on the train when we were kids. It's a lot different. 
she got off the train and she said, you know what? I'm not going to do that. She said, you guys are certified jerks. <laughs> she, <laughs> so, so my experience was different. <laughs> but again, that might have been the suffering you needed in that moment. So as to take a smaller step. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and Joe, with a, a similar point, in order to fly, one must learn to crawl, then walk. One cannot fly into flying. One cannot fly into flying. Precisely. That's a good one. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, again, I, I oftentimes on the show, I worry that we're being too flip or that we're not taking things serious enough, or that it's easy for us to talk about these things in the abstract. But let's be honest, when we get out into Monday morning, things still suck. Yeah. Um, and I am very cognizant of that, um, which is why, yeah, we, we largely don't have very, subs you know, uh, we don't prescribe a whole lot of things other than having uh, small positive expectations. Um, and I want to change the world too, man. I really, really want to get out there. And that impulse is a good thing. As we talked about again last week, so many people have the best of intentions, but then get sucked into these big power systems yeah. of thinking, well, I'm going to, I'm going to fix it all today. And that is very destructive because it's discouraging ultimately. Cause there's only one thing you can control and not even completely. And not even complete. I know. Do you really have control of your own mind? <laughs> you, you don't even have complete control, but you have <laughs> you have some real influence, and in and in, and there are things you can actively do. You know, because that's that's one of the difficulties in meditation. You know, it's like uh, the lady I've been listening to. Uh, I gotta find out her name, but uh, she says, you know, she's she's like really calm, and she's like. And the mind is like a little puppy dog. It goes away, but gently, gently, <laughs> you know, like I think she said, yeah, the mind wanders. She said, it's mind wanders like a little puppy dog. That's right. Just gently bring it back. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it just that shows like how you don't control your mind. <laughs> That's true. You really right. don't even have control of that, but we have. I think that's a growth in our thought to me, at least that you not necessarily don't have, you really don't. And that's what I'm learning too, from this mindfulness stuff. You don't have control, but there's a lot of stuff you can do to influence what you don't even have control over because by practicing, because what you practice becomes stronger. Yes. So there's stuff we can do. We're never going to get to this, you know, Nirvana type of thing, or this like very, utopia you know i like what joe said he said there's two utopias the one mm. that we envision and the one that we kind of know doesn't exist something like that <laughs> yeah i messed it up a little but that was the general idea and uh i thought that was pretty pretty good because it, it it's true there really is there's there's this one we imagine because we have the power to imagine it yes what if they're the same too that's another thing you think about you imagine <laughs> it it's perfect so there's the one you imagine and the one that doesn't exist. But in a sense, they they can be the same one. They could be. <laughs> but again, that might be uh, too lofty of an aspiration. Uh, or rather, you know, it can be an aspiration, but it can't be achieved today. Yeah. Uh, no, not, re not, 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 not realistically. <laughs> but those little steps, those little steps, man, that that's I feel like that is uh, I'm, and I'm really that was a great idea, Derek, to go in this direction because we did leave, we left that idea unbalanced. We did. We did. Or we had begun to balance it out, but we didn't have time to give it its, its kind of proper credo. Yeah. Cause we were like, that was like the, uh, we got, we got on first base, second base. <laughs> yeah, right. We we're standing there at the end of the inning, like, wait a second, man. <laughs> yeah. We did stop mid game there. That is, we did. You're right. <laughs> very good of you to to realize that well yeah i just wanted to mention those things man and um you know i think we made a, a bunch of uh, pretty decent points this week um as always the main bullet bullet points of content content is to be kind to yourself to listen to yourself to trust yourself yeah. um uncle joe chiming in here at the end in the military they have an idea called embracing the suck when you know things are going to be terrible and you can't change it embrace it 
It helps you take the power of the situation back into your own hands. That is a similar principle to what I'm saying about suffering is grace, man. And it's a similar principle to denying Satan being on the path. He's there, dog. I hate to say it. Yeah, he's um, there. Yeah, I, I tried to push him out of the side. You know, I tried to, uh, to deke him out. You know, I tried to give him. <laughs> but uh, he's there. And embracing the suck is suffering is grace. It is all life involves suffering. It's the Buddha's realization. And what makes it hurt the most is saying it's not there because it is. What yeah. makes it hurt the least is saying it's there. I see it and I will work within it. Um, and that it's it, again, it doesn't make the experience of the suffering that much lighter, particularly, you know, if it's something specific, acutely difficult, but it's the only possible honest recognition and way to reckon with uh, the reality in which we find ourselves, I suppose. And uh, there's a there's a song I've been listening to. Uh, it's called 26. Uh, it's by the girl lead singer from paramore and she says a line in it and you just reminded me of it it's it says in one part of the song she says reality will break your heart and then like she later on in the song she has like a little bridge and she says let it break your heart so she goes so let it break your heart and it's like damn I really feel like that's that's what he wants to do that though. But that's that's it. it, I'm broken. Reality, you know, you get disillusioned, and I feel like that's when you become awakened. That's that moment. So if it's happening for anybody, it's this is Pima style right here. I know it's harsh, it's austere. Not Pima, but this is her that's her style. That song 26, when she says, So let it break your heart. Sometimes it has to happen, you know? So wherever you are, you, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next week.